0: Welcome to the Art & Life Podcast, where we discuss art, life, and the philosophy behind both. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. Join me as I interview creatives of all kinds as we explore inspiration, process, and results of creative pursuits. My intention is for you, the listener, to get as much inspiration from this podcast as I do. Now let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Creativity. Welcome everybody to the podcast. My name's Taylor. Uh, today we have Corey Cameron, the one and only uh, legendary Corey Cameron. Corey is a landscape architect. He's a painter. He's a surfer. He's a cancer survivor. He's a brother, and he's a friend. Um, yeah, we got into some really cool conversation today. It was very, it was rich. Is exactly what I want this podcast to be. Um, I feel like the format's working and it's bringing out that authentic originality that I want in these interviews. And um, yeah, this is a perfect example. Uh, I'm on the right track. It feels good. We're getting the most out of these guests for you, the listener, to uh, yeah get inspired, be you know pumped up by the potential of the world of creativity, and you know everything is transferable to different fields and different genres. And uh, yeah, take this and run with it. Make it into something in your own world. Um, side note: We had Finley, Corey's dog, in the in the studio today, and at first, for the first like twenty minutes, he was just like running around. He's a little Chihuahua. Um, terrier mix and he was kind of like freaked out in the studio at first just like excited running around and then at one point he just comes and like sits down on my lap and just chilled for the rest of the time um it was really nice it was like he settled into the uh, wood shack studio just like we all do so welcome to the studio everybody thanks for listening welcome to the podcast everybody My name is Taylor Gallegos. I'm your host. With me today is the legendary one and only Corey Cameron. Corey Cameron is a good friend of mine. We've been buddies for, I don't know, 10 years, years, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Um, we met working at a restaurant in Oceanside, California. Um, Corey, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, man. Um,
1: I don't know about legend, but... (laughs) <laughs> definitely i'm happy to be here with you this is i i love this podcast i've been listening to it
0: that's awesome
1: yeah it's great i i've driven a lot of inspiration out of this podcast um yeah it's a good time to
0: be here just yeah. to let you all know we have uh cory's little dog finley. finley he's in the studio today <laughs> he might be making some noise but it's okay because he's really cute yeah so, Corey, I wanted to have you on the, on the show because, uh, well, for one, you're super creative. Um, Kyle was on last week, your My younger brother, brother yep. one of your younger brothers, yep. and we talked about you a little bit, and, you know, you're a painter, you're, you draw in your profession, you are a landscape architect. That's correct. And, um, yeah, I thought it would be perfect, and you and I always get into these awesome like philosophical conversations about art and life
1: and the way that it all works so always in fact we were just having coffee before this and i don't think we stopped talking about art and life and i always when meeting with you we i always find inspiration like it's funny how when you collaboratively join up with other creative minds how that just blossoms all of a sudden it's just like this tangent to this tangent to this point to this discussion it's it's a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah well and like you live down in san diego i live here in carlsbad and so our paths don't cross as often as i would like but when we do get together we always it's like fireworks yes you know yes it is and um and kyle kyle and i talked a little bit about you and how um how you have this like fire to you You know, yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, and I feel like it's a really good combination. Like personality-wise, you and I are very complimentary.
1: It's a yin and yang situation, I <laughs> definitely. Think, yeah. I think it is. You're you're one of the. I mean, I think specifically you guys talked about the surfing, and <laughs> I am. I I don't know why it is that way. I think, I I it, it, it has to be a personality thing, but you know, when I'm out in the water, it's just like. Maybe it's competitive. I'm competitive. Maybe that's what it is. Um, and I think other guys out there that are also competitive can smell it. Oh yeah. And so I end up finding myself in situations constantly where, you know, it's either an argument or some sort of bad vibe that I <laughs> extrude. And I I think that's that's you know that's part of me. That's my personality. I think I just I'm a I I say what's on my mind most of the time. I don't hold back. A lot of times that gets me in trouble, but I don't think I'd change it. I think that's just you know. And our our relationship when I'm with you, I, I always feel like you just crack up when I say things, and <laughs> laugh at like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that, and and then I look at you laughing, and in my mind I go. Yeah, what, should I have not said that? <laughs> so, in some way, you kind of bring me back a little bit to that balance, I guess.
0: Oh no, it's yeah. great! It's great. Yeah. Well, I, and, and it's the thing that, like, you know, Kyle and I were both saying we we really respect, and um, I feel like a lot of it comes from a like sense of of fairness. You know, like you have a a, a view of like what's fair. And I feel like you uphold that fairness. And a lot of times, like surfing, guys will just take waves and then take one after another after another, and they'll get in your way. And it's like, dude, we're all here trying to do something, and you're just going when you shouldn't, and that's not fair. And a lot of people will be like, well, it's okay. You're, like, better than me, so you can have the wave. Or you're, you know, you're choosing to do this, so I'll just let you do it. Whereas you're like, no. No. (laughs) That's not fair. This isn't right. Like I'm gonna tell you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think it's a very admirable. Well, and I get I get so actually uh, you know this ties into a little bit about who I am at my office. You know, with what I do. My nickname is Coco Loco.
0: Coco Loco.
1: (laughs) So I am the guy that will call a contractor or a client and. You know, tell them what's on my mind. I'm that guy. Uh, if I get a plan checker or someone, you know, at the city who's checking my work or my plans and tells me to do something some way and I totally disagree, I make sure to let them know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I, and so my reputation has preceded me a little bit um, at my office. You know, a lot of times my, even my uh, boss will come to me and say, I need you to get on the phone and call this guy. Because he knows that I'll, I, and and not to say I, I I find I think I'm tasteful. I don't. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. But I think I'm tasteful in the way I discuss it. But I'm very straightforward, and I kind of, in some way, expect that out of other people that surround me. And if I if they don't don't get it, I think I offend people <laughs> because I'm very just straightforward with it. But um. Yeah. And
0: how do you, I mean, in terms of the creative process, when you're working with people, I mean, what I'm imagining is that it probably ruffles feathers at the onset of a project. Like if no, one, if someone hasn't worked with you before and then you have that approach, they're probably like, oh my gosh, people don't usually talk to me this way. But I would imagine that if you work through the situation together and then you come to an agreement at the end, I feel like they probably respect you by the end, I you know like they're like, it, it, right, it, it, I know exactly what you're thinking. I know exactly where you're coming from, and if you don't like something, you'll let me know.
1: Yes, yes, and I'm I'm not to say I'm not easy to work with. I am very open to other people's um, opinions, and I'm open to other people's suggestions. I think that that's how the it's a collaborative design process. You know, um, I think that is the core thing to a lot of people who are creative-minded artists musician whatever you want to call it is that they have a strong opinion and that is something that drives their creativity a lot of times um you know i think in the past and other podcasts you've talked about you know where you're absorbing your environment and then you know expelling this artwork and that's kind of that um Drive, And I think that that is true, but I also think that there's a beast inside of everybody that just has its own perspective of the environment that no one else can see. And so when they expel that, it may not necessarily be that, you know, vision that everybody else saw, but it was that artist's vision. And I think that also plays an important role in, you know, design um, in general, you know? I mean, whether it's, Um, you know I design landscape or or, you know some sort of way I I, you know we always say as landscape architects we're designing for the human experience Um, that's cool that's really our ultimate so how I shape that human experience definitely has a bit of my opinion a bit of someone else's opinion a bit of the city's opinion a bit of the clients opinion you know and you try being that mediator between all that opinion I think artists do that as well too you know you're trying to be that medium between everybody else's vision and you try to put that on a piece of paper and then afterwards you know maybe you're you know for me it gets built and it gets put into existence where people then go out and experience it and you know sometimes it doesn't come out any way you thought it was going to come out on paper people don't use it the way you thought or people don't Um, it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of complications that can be in that process.
0: Would you say that that's one measure of success in your line of work is whether people use it the way that it was intended in the design?
1: Yes. I think that is a level of success. I also think, you know, if it gets used in a way that you didn't intend it to be used, that's also a level of success. Oh, yeah. You know, whereas you, yeah, kind of all of a sudden people take it at their own. I think the ultimate level of success is ownership in my type of What do you mean? When I build or I design something and it gets built and then the public or the client then takes ownership of it. It says that this is mine and I respect it and love it as my own and that's I think the true level of success where you hand it off and you say you know and people love it when people just like adopting it like a, adopt it you know it like you know, whether like it's a park like a community park is yeah. a good example yeah. Yeah. where all of a sudden you know in fact one of our projects that we did in, our comp- in my company I wasn't hugely involved because it was a little bit before my time but was um, in National City Paradise Creek project the community was super involved and they actually ended up building one of the walls with all their little community ornaments, rocks and stones, and there, there's this total, and what ends up happening is, you know, we become the facilitators for this creative environment, and then the community takes ownership of it. It's like their own piece of art, their own type of thing. And what ends up happening when you have that is you don't get many people messing with it. You don't get people, you know, changing it because they didn't like it. Like, good example is the Cardiff Kook. You know, if you're from around Cardiff and you've seen the statue, that's the Cardiff Coop. The community has taken it under its own. Yeah. They hated it. It got delivered and put into Cardiff, and the community hated it. And they hated <laughs> it so much that they decided to decorate it their own way. You know, and in all, uh, in some way, that's success. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, the artist probably can't stand that. Yeah. I mean, he he. You know, the artist was from New York, I think. And I think that was a big problem. The community didn't like the fact that there was a you know artist from New York building a statue of surfer statue in Cardiff, California, yeah. where, you know, surfing is like, you know, the mainstay. People take off work to yeah. go surfing, the surfs up. And what ended up happening is the community still took it over. You know. So there you know, success it's so many different it can be interpreted so many different ways, I think. Especially in my line of business. I think for everybody's line of business it's different you know um, I think you know success maybe for you would be the people who they they, you know find inspiration in them. and they, they take that inspiration and move it on definitely yeah yeah
0: why yeah. don't you give everyone a little background on who you are okay who you are where you're from how you got here
1: well I am um, I was actually born in Cedar City, Utah, but I only was there for maybe a few months. Moved quickly to Sacramento, California. Um, grew up a very short period of time, I think about seven years old, we ended up moving up to Oregon. Um, and I, I definitely was raised in Oregon. Um all my most of my memories are all from Oregon. Um I quickly, I got into a band when I was in high school. I fell in love with music. I fell in love with, I was always kind of an artist, like drawing, creative mindset. I always built things. I love building things. I used to build skate ramps, like all the time. And then one day I found out there's this, you know, computer program where I can design the skate, the the ramp. And so I actually like, I remember this when I was my old friend, Jason, way back. Shoot, this was junior high. And um, I drew the ramp out, showed it to his dad. And his dad bought the materials for it. And we ended up building this little skate ramp. And, um, you know, so it was always this kind of like, I've always been building, creating things. Yeah. And drawing or some sort of, and then there was music, which had a huge influence in my life. I think it has for everybody. But, um, you know, when you kind of become a musician, and our family, I mean, you're you're getting to know our family and all your listeners are getting to know our family pretty well. And, um, we, we definitely are creative family. We, we drive out of creativity. I think a lot of it. Um, my dad, I remember falling asleep at night with my dad playing guitar with his friend. And I, I mean, I'm sure my brothers and my sister can all remember us laying in bed listening to dad play the guitar as we're kind of going to sleep out in the living room with his buddy. And I'm, You know, I think that that came from him passed along. He taught me two chords on the guitar, and then I just took off from there. I joined a band in high school. We got in a pretty good band. It was, it was, we were doing pretty good for a little local band. I mean, we, you know, we had a bunch of shows. We were doing, you know, performing for. You know, I think one of our shows we had, you know, upwards of 100 people show up or something. It was, right. you know, I mean, for a local little gig. We did some recording, and um, we we had a really great sound. If you ever guys want to check it out, I don't know if it's still around. You might be able to find it online, but we were called Ninth and Main. That was the name of the garage that we used to play out of That's... on Ninth Street and Main Street up in Hillsboro, Oregon. And um, we were rock you know led zeppelin influence uh with incubus and chili peppers and you know that was the the kind of the influence and drive but slowly band drama and life just took a different hold and i ended up finding myself um i got cancer actually when i was 17 and i was still in the band and then Um, I had to go through chemotherapy and all that, and then I ended up, uh, kind of working at this job at an Italian restaurant in Hillsboro, met a lady who her husband was, her ex-husband actually was going through breast cancer of all things. Um, we kind of got connected through the kind of cancer association and, um, ended up she had a place here in Carlsbad that she, when they had divorced, she had moved down here, got a, a condo, and then ended up um, going back up like to go take care of him while he's going through chemo. And at that time, I had met her. And she says, You know, I've got this place. I need a house sitter. Mm. Would you want to just, you know, go house sit? And um, at that time, I had this girlfriend too that I met there. And she was also from sinitas. so you know the universe kind of just points you in the direction sometimes you got to go and so I immediately sure and I was just finishing up my chemotherapy treatments and I think it was about a month after I was done with my last chemotherapy treatment we packed up the car and moved down to Carlsbad
0: nice
1: and I was still bald I still had no hair yeah I'm sure to a lot of my ex-girlfriend's friends when I showed up I looked like an alien I, you know, no eyebrows, oh, yeah. <laughs> bald, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you know. Everything. Everything, skinny, I was really skinny. Um, and I had always kind of dreamt of being in Southern California, always, you know, this was the place I wanted to come to. And, and we got here. yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I ended up getting here and um, I got into, you know, just... Because I was be able to stay at this place, you know, rent free. Um, I got into school. I got into Miracosta College, community college. You know, um, didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just kept working different odd jobs. I think we all just restaurants. Yeah. And then uh, ended up. Uh, there's so much. Wow, it's like. There's just so much that has just happened in such a short period of time. I mean, I met you about that time. It was around there. Moved up to Oceanside. Um, was still going to community college. I was working with a lady. I think this was my biggest changing point in my life, and where I became where I am today was my work I was doing with Jennifer Coburn. Yeah. Who, um, that was some a pretty incredible opportunity that just came at my doorstep. Talk about that a little bit. So, Jennifer Coburn is a truly wonderful, eccentric, crazy woman. Like, I adore her in all possible ways. She is an artist through and through. I mean, she just does everything painting, but as a young girl, you know, she never went to college, never went to anything like that. I think she almost dropped out of high school, but she became infatuated I mean her she's got a, a, a plant background and she became infatuated with topiaries. And for you listeners out there, I don't know if not everybody knows what a topiary is, but I mean you do know what it is, but you don't know the name. It's a plant sculpture. So if you think of like Edward Scissorhands, you know how he created the, the um, little plant sculptures. And a lot of times plant sculptures are made these topiaries are made when the plant's fully grown and you trim it into the shape that you are looking for. Well, Jennifer had figured out a way that she could, with metal, make the framework of what she wanted and you know put mature plants into this framework and be able to pull them out of this framework and you have a topiary that would take usually a couple of years to develop in a matter of a couple of months. And the big thing is that she got a contract with Disney And so she is the topiary artist for Disneyland for the past thirty plus years, and she's been doing you know Mickey Minnie. I mean, anytime you go to Disneyland now and you see a a Mickey's plant sculpture, you can you guarantee that was Jennifer's work. And she saw uh, we developed a crazy relationship. So my initials are C R C Corey Russell Cameron, and her husband who had just passed away about maybe a year and a half before I had met her, was uh, also CRC. Wow. Yeah, Charles Richard Coburn. And I think that's Richard, I, I'm not 100% on that, but that's kind of this like crazy, again, this universe, right, just points you in that direction. And I, she immediately and I became you know good friends. Um, I worked for her, she taught me how to weld and taught me how to work on her CNC machine, you know, to where we cut out all the metal work and build these frames. I ended up doing jobs for Las Vegas and Disney. Um, it was this crazy kind of thing. And at the time, I was in school, and I'm thinking I'm going to be mechanical engineer. And so I, you know, going into this engineering school, I think I got into, um, it was calculus one or two, and I showed up for the first day of class, and I was just like looking around the classroom. I said, "This is not me. I'm not this straight edge. I'm not. The numbers are great and wonderful, but I'm I'm definitely not on a level with some of these other students." So I got a little discouraged, and you know, not sure what to do. And it just so happened that Jennifer had a uh, showing at the ASLA, which is the American Landscape Architecture Association. Um, little, they had a conference here in San Diego, and Jennifer actually had a booth at the conference, and I went and got to run the booth, and I had never heard of landscape architecture before that. And I go to this convention, and I'm watching, you know, all these people walking around, talking about, you know, plants, and talking about hardscape, and they're talking about play structures, and they're talking about, you know, the built environment, and they're, they all have a beer in their hand, and I'm like, this is more my type <laughs> of people, you know? And it just hit me. And I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a landscape architect. And I immediately, you know, go back to the school and the campus, go to my counselor and say, I want to be a landscape architect. How do I do this? And they immediately pointed me in the right direction. And, you know, a few months later, I got accepted to Cal Poly Pomona and ended up going up there and getting a degree four years later. Got a great job back in San Diego, so came back to San Diego, and here I am.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that, <clears throat> like, going into this interview, I wanted to talk to you about, and we mm-hmm. talked about this already, but it's like setting goals and then going after them, and I feel like that's that's something so awesome because, like, you and I met, you know, you were like we were just young punks, you especially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've all
1: I'm still am but <laughs> I still am a young punk
0: which is great and it, I'm sure it like influences your art and think like, that's part of your your fire and flavor that that you have as a creative but you know like like we were saying, like you were working this like shitty little job as a cook at this one place that was like this like <laughs> rat-infested beach bar, which is great. Larry's is great, by the way. It is. It's um, awesome
1: little. And in fact, I met my wife there. You did? Yeah. I didn't know
0: that. Yeah. Oh wow.
1: So she actually knew my so one of the girls that worked there. She was a cocktail waitress or something, and um, they had come in, and we ended up going out on. A date after like we, we met there they forced me out I didn't want to go out Yeah, it's always the story I think <laughs> I didn't want to go out but we ended up going out we ended up my friend Joel who's an even crazier punk than I am um, was hitting on her all night long and she got sick and tired of him. Came to me, <laughs> playing it cool, playing it wow. cool in the back. And I ended up, I, I ended up ordering pizza <laughs> at the bar, and and quickly learned that my wife was Jewish because I had pig all over my pizza, you know, the, uh, sausage and pepperoni and everything. And so she, I kept offering her pieces. She goes, "No, I can't. It's not kosher." I'm like, "What is kosher?" <laughs> and uh, I ended up. You know, we went on a sushi date um, a few weeks after that. In fact, I think today is our, and it is our date anniversary today. Oh, whoa. It is our date anniversary today. So I just realized it. That I'm definitely going to text her after this. And she and I went on a date and we actually ended up getting married three months later.
0: Fire. Yeah. That's that fire. Yeah. That's that
1: Coco Loco. Yeah, That's what that is. That's yep. that, you know, just opportunity comes a knocking. I don't usually turn it down. Yeah. I'm a quick to jump onto things. Um, it's hurt me in the past, I think, but it's also more than anything benefited me. Right. You know, definitely has. Well, I mean. So, okay, going back, so setting goals.
0: Yeah. And there's like so many little offshoots. Of I know. I know. I know expand on it but I mean I feel like okay so you've had cancer a handful of times Yeah. like how much has that influenced the way that you live and the way that you make decisions um, you know like I would imagine like being that close to like uh, not being here you probably are like fuck it let's do
1: this like, oh, like this is great let's it, move on it here. has ultimately shaped my life Um, in, in, in good ways and in bad ways um, so going back, I got cancer the first time at 17 and then, um, right before I ended up, I, so it came back again at 21. So I was 17, I had cancer, came back again at 21. And after that, I ended up coming back here and actually just about a year ago, I ended up getting tongue cancer and I had to have, had to have part of my tongue removed, um, And when I say that, you know, cancer has shaped my life in more ways than, you know, good and bad, I think the bad side is that I'm on constant watch out for cancer.
0: Right.
1: Um, my, you know, body has been exposed to too many chemicals from chemotherapy. Um, I got my hip replaced because of chemotherapy. Um, I've, you know, had multiple surgeries, um, and that's kind of the hard part. I think that's 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 really the the worst part about it is that my life kind of revolves around this looming, cancerous doom. I mean, I get a flu, and the first thing in my head is, "Oh shit, I got cancer again." You know, and that's and that's unfortunate that I have to con constantly be you know, thinking about that. And I I mean anybody who's out there who's dealt with, um cancer and chemotherapy kind of knows this this is something that you you constantly think about you get a you know a lump on your you know skin or something that comes up or you aren't feeling 100% it's like the first thing you want to do is you think you got cancer um, I'm you know so that's kind of that bad part but but the great part about it is it's open this kind of fuck it attitude you know, I mean, I already kind of had that, but it just sign- just solidified it even further. Um, I think there was a lot you know, cancer surrounds a lot of spirituality that comes out of it. A lot of people you know, find God or find religion through it. Um, I was a bit of the more opposite end. I was like, if God had given me this to deal with. You know, if God gave me cancer, why would he not let me get into heaven? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people get handed things that I strongly believe that people get handed things, only things that they can deal with. Um, Whether at the time you think you can deal with it or not, that's different. But ultimately, you are a strong enough person to handle anything that comes your way because that's the way it's built. Um, you know and so I think that that solidified my spirituality even further I believe more strongly in the power of my soul and the power of my mind and the power of my energy and I believe that there's a higher power that's watching out or that designed it you know I've had lots of theories get talked about and I love talking about the theories of it all and you know and my wife coming from kind of that jewish background i've got to you know experience the jewish religion a lot and you know it's it's crazy to kind of like put all the pieces together and then at the end of the day you realize they're all not that different yeah you know at the end of the day the ground the bottom foundation is that you are a unique thing you are this wonderful energy and you can handle so many things I mean, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I got cancer, I got hip replacement. Four months later, after my hip replacement, I'm back surfing, you know? And I mean, it's just like, it just goes to show that that power of your mind, the power of your body is incredible. You know, you can heal, you know? No matter what kind of comes your way, you can heal. And to kind of bring that back into my my art, I mean, my tattoo, you've seen the tattoo on my side, you yeah. know. There was a, I drew that in the hospital when I was, you know, sick up. I think I had to be there for almost a month one time because I was, I had no immune system. So they couldn't let me out of the hospital. Because if I go out of the hospital, I get any bug, cold, you know, you name it, it could kill me. Yeah. And uh, I remember being in the hospital and I drew this. Um, piece that i have this tattoo piece on my side of a guy meditating and this cloud of smoke kind of el going from the bottom as it kind of elevates me and pulls me up and then this kind of ray of sunshine behind it and he's in medi- he the body the human is in kind of that meditation form with the crack of the where the tumor was in my chest. Wow. And the power of that is that there's you know that i healed. It was healing You know it was this constant mindset of you know watching this kind of struggle you know where you you kind of breathe in the smoke and it chokes you but that's that healing process right that's that you know going through this difficult time and but at the same time like being calm keeping a mindset a meditation you know Um, I had actually I got out not too long ago surfing and a guy saw my side tattoo and goes, "Oh, do you do yoga?" It's <laughs> like, huh? Eh, sometimes, I guess, you know." And he's like, "Oh, but that's that tattoo, you must do yoga." I go, "Well, there's a lot more history behind that." I didn't get into it with them. I mean, I pick and choose when I have conversations all about it, but I it it's definitely shaped who I am. It's definitely, you know, I am in constant reminder of it. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think that definitely has, you know, built me into the person that I am today. And, you know, it's influenced my perception. And I think that coming back to an artist or creative being, perception is everything. How you perceive the world or how the world, you know, looks to you is how you kind of develop your creative mindset. You know, what goes in must come out, right? You know, that I absorb it. And then I'm going to put it back out there in the way that I see fit. And, you know, I think in all of it, there's always this in my artwork, my sketches. I, always, I like to draw a lot of eyes. Yeah. Eyes are always this kind of like, you know, because I think that that idea of what I'm seeing is coming back out. But I don't always know how to express it. So an eye is to me is always that two way mirror. It's like, it's visioning seeing something, but then that person looking at the eye is also seeing something. So there's this connection immediately I think people have with the eyes, you know, and I love to draw eyes.
0: Yeah. I've always loved to draw eyes also. Like that's one thing that ever since I was a little kid, uh, you know, as young as like probably like six or seven, I've just got like through all my drawing books, there's just pages of eyes looking different ways. One thing I really enjoy kind of tripping out on is okay so the two-way mirror thing of the eye. So at the same time I am using my eyes to absorb light from the outside world which is like showing me shapes and colors and imagery like I'm I'm just taking in what's going on around me. But at the same time I can be sending messages out through my eyes. Through my like the way that I'm looking at things. I can, I can look at you and I can send you a message. You can tell if I'm happy, angry, whatever. Um, And so there's like, when we watch, when we look around and we see people and they're using their eyes, there's like this like dual situation happening. And one of them, there's an aware, like they can have an awareness of the message they're sending out. You know, as adults, we are aware of, Like, if I look at you and I, like, scowl, you know what I'm thinking. Whereas, like, kids have no idea. They're, like, until a certain age, they don't know, like, that they are actually sending out a message with their eyes also. So, like, babies and little, like, infants and things, it's really interesting having, like, eye conversations with kids because they... Like they don't censor themselves in their eyes and filter. what they look at. Yeah. They're just like looking around. They'll just stare at you. Yeah. Whereas adults, we know that you can, you don't just stare. Oh, that's, cr- that's crazy. There's this like funky duality. Think about it like that. With, yeah. Yeah. Like a two way mirror. It's, yeah. It's like yeah. it's, uh. Well, it's
1: cultural too. Yeah. You know, like it even comes down to cultural experience. Um, you know, people, you know, we always say don't stare, you know, don't stare at them. Um, you know, and in one way, I guess, you know, it could be rude, I guess. But at the same time, it's like maybe someone's just absorbing. That's, right. that's what they're doing. They're right. just absorbing. They're not intending yeah. to,
0: like, Offend. send you a message of yeah. offending or anything like that. They're just, like, literally just looking in your direction and yeah. they're taking in the messages. Well,
1: and I, I even find myself, you know, on this top, I, I walk down the street, you know. I, I, I park, I work downtown, and downtown is a very interesting place. There's any city. And I park in a parking structure and I've got to walk to my office and there's a, there's a halfway house right by where I park. And, um, there's always kind of some, you know, interesting people hanging out there. And I find myself, I used to find myself walking and I would look down and just walk. And I think that's a signal when someone's looking down and just walking, there's like, they are got a mission. You know, I'm watching my feet. I'm watching the direction I'm going. And that's all that matters to me. Whereas when people are like walking with their head up and they're looking around, um, there's a different message. You know, that's like either you're strolling or you're kind of just observing or, you know, you've got no time to, to worry about. Um, and I think that that, you know, it's funny how insane our eyes just make total difference of that. Totally.
0: Um, well yeah. and that that whole thing of like walking you can look at your feet and not let anybody into your world and you won't like acknowledge anyone else. And then there's the other way of like looking around and and I can like I can look at you and like take in your like physical form or I can look you in the eyes yeah. and have like a a like momentary connection. And think about okay, so like, you know, the halfway house, you know, these well, are, so that, that these was are people so people
1: yeah. Yeah. So I what I was gonna say is I started changing my mind and saying I'm not gonna look at my feet and look down. I'm gonna look up, and I may I start just. I mean I'm talking about like you know maybe a three minute walk yeah. in the morning, and I started looking up. And it's so funny when I catch eye contact with some with people, and especially some of these interesting people, whether they're some you know a lot of schizophrenic, a lot of kind of mental disorders, you know things like that, but. They look at you and the intensity that you can kind of experience in a matter of a couple seconds of just getting eye contact with people. Um, I don't think a lot of people can handle it. I mean, I even find myself sometimes like, oh, I look away. Right. You know, or maybe it's a a thing that I'm seeing that I don't really like. Yeah. You know, that I'm like, oh, it makes me not feel like I feel weird when I'm looking at this. Right. Um, But it creates this total all of a sudden intensity and then also my creativity comes in and I start thinking of the story that might be behind this or the, you know, and how funny, just a quick eye contact with these certain people. And, and a lot of times I'll get, you know, more nine times out of 10. It's just a smile, right? People just look and they look and they smile at you and you smile back and you had a brief moment of human connection and then you keep going with your day.
0: If you didn't think about what that does for the other person, especially people in, like, down-and-out situations, like, one thing that I, I... Okay, when you do look someone in the eye, you make this connection, and then you almost, like, invite their energy into your field. Yeah. You know, and that's one reason why I think a lot of people don't look at people in the eyes, is because they don't want to invite energy in. They don't want to open the door. But if you... Can be in a an environment where you're like safe and and like inviting people in and you know that it's not going to bother you, you can sort of use your your eyes as like a compassion tool, and so like like homeless people I feel like one thing that and this is just my feeling I don't know, um, but like I feel like one thing that people that are homeless or down and out uh, experience is like a lack of. Um, like connection and like actualization Mm. you know they're not part of society the way that they would like to be or like everyone else is and so then they're just sort of like talking to themselves they're in their own world like think how isolated that would be and like just connecting with someone's eyes and smiling I feel like that's something that like a lot of people just like don't get
1: no much of and if you
0: can give that to somebody like that's
1: you know, worth. What is it? What is it? More yeah, than that like here? tenth of a second of your time. Cents, yeah. Right. whatever
0: totally. Yeah. Acknowledgement. I see you. Yeah. I see you. You're a human. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: yeah. I it it's it's crazy. I mean, how much? I think we kind of go around this world and don't realize what we're actually doing or, what, or how we're changing. I think a lot of times we're just going around blind. Funny to go back to that eye concept but i really think we are you know even for me like you know deciding to come here to southern california or deciding to go to my landscape architecture you know or or go down this professional field i I had no idea what i'm doing i still don't know i still have no idea what i'm doing i make goals you know and i you're you're the king of I, i i have to go i have to say this Back when we were working at the OSHA site, you told me. You said, this was, what, eight years ago? You told me, I have a five-year plan. (laughs) I have a five-year plan. And I was like, really? What are you going to do in five years? And he goes, I am going to be solely being able to live off my art. I'm not going to work in a restaurant more. I'm not going to be doing this. I'm going to solely live off my art. And at the time, we're both like going... Well, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. You know, it's a tough world, art and a tough world. But look at you now, dude. You live <laughs> off your art. You know what I mean? The power of a goal, right? It's
0: so big. I always, That's huge. I would say a, setting a goal is like throwing a Batman grappling hook into a future that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And then when that's hooked into that, like, future... Then you can just hang on. And just, you can roll with it. You can go over yeah. here. You can go over there, but you know that that. I mean, ultimately, at the time, you you at want. the time
1: when you said it, you, you didn't know if that was going to be true. It's not right. like it's not like you had it. You knew, but you you held on to the the faith of it. You know, the faith of your goal. You you had a belief in this, and you did it. I don't know if it was exactly five years. I don't know, but it definitely is. Might, might have been six. You, or seven. You, you know, that <laughs> you yeah. manifested that shit. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that's great. I, that's, you know, for everybody out there who's, you know, whatever you are, creative, you know, you're good with numbers. You're an engineer. Whatever it is, you know, maybe you're just good at making people smile. You're good at this and that. Right. If you set yourself goals. And hold to those goals. I, 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 can, I, I can't tell you how much that just, you know, yeah gets you through things. You know, you talk about, like, we, I know we want to talk about overcoming things a yeah. little bit. And that, I think, is one of the biggest ways I overcome a lot of my challenges. Was just having a vision of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know? We're always kind of going through phases in life. They're bad. They're good. But always kind of like looking towards that that future goal that future self who am i gonna be in five years who am i gonna be in 10 years i mean i think that's you know that that helps you overcome whatever experience you may be going through at the moment right one
0: one thing that i really like to uh like a little exercise a thought exercise i like to take people through when they are like you know I can see that they aren't where they want to be is it's this idea of, okay, picture yourself in five years, assume that everything goes exactly as you want it to go. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, who is the you that you see in front of you? What are you, what is that person? Like, what is their overall vibe? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Like, where are they working? Who are they working with? How much did, how much income visualize like, it. yeah, visualize it feel it, see it, be it, like, make, like, connect with it, look yourself in the eye, and what would yourself from that future have to say to you? Yeah, You know, like, who do you need to become? What changes do you need to make to become that
1: person? Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that definitely has, you know, whether it's been in my mind like that, but I think that, you know, people who are successful do that. They picture this, you know, self-perception in the future of who is this person, you know. And sometimes when you get there, it's not what you wanted. You know what I mean? I think that there's also that that happens. But, yeah, I think that that, that's a good way of just kind of like holding to that or visualizing that goal, you know. It's not just a, a word on a list like, you know, I want to be the Queen of England. You know five years it's actually like picturing yourself as you know walking around with royalty and wearing a crown you know what i mean like that's that is a great powerful tool i mean i i try to use that in fact you always that's one thing i you know going back to our conversation of kind of our relationship um and you're always good with this i think you do this with all your friends and I, I, I appreciate it. In fact, I don't think it's just friends. I think it's anybody you just meet. <laughs> you probably have this same conversation with people, like, in all your art galleries. Like, random people talking about art. And I think you always spill this out. But you always encourage people to better themselves. Like, you definitely do that. And I, I wish everybody could be like that. I really do. I, I think that, you know, if we could all walk around encouraging each other to be better, you know... I really think that we would all benefit from that. And one of the things you always want me, we always talk about what we do is you always do, you know, spend more time meditating, give yourself the five, 10 minutes a day, just stop, breathe, and erase your mind for a second. And then you always encourage me to sketch. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't always, but I always, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, there are days where I come home and I'm like, I have nothing to do. I'm bored. What am I going to do? And then I always have Taylor's voice in the back of my head. It says, <laughs> dude, sketch. Do some drawing. Yeah. You know? Encourage that creative side. And and when I ultimately do, time just erases. There's no such thing. And I come up with something. And the next thing you know, I feel inspired. And it's like a, that drug that just hit me that I'm like... Adrenaline from You know I think that's great This is This is why This is one of the You know And I told you this earlier That I I love this podcast You're doing I really do And I think that You know You've got This This voice To be able to help people Realize You know That they have this Truly unique Creative Thing And to Aspire to it You know Um Yeah Definitely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Or like he was <laughs> like to say, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I mean, what is better? I mean, that's life, you know? It is. Like, and everybody's creative in their own special way. And uh, there's just this like perceived thought of creativity that like, uh, it's impossible to make it as an artist. You can't make it off of creativity. Get a job working for someone else. Right. Like, but
1: it's such like, how does that
0: feel in your heart? How does that feel in your soul compared to making... A living off of your own creativity and like this is 2020 we're more connected than ever like the possibility to have a niche following is so much larger than it's ever been ever no matter what you're into yeah. there's people out there that are into it also yeah. and if you dive in and just like practice your craft and get better I mean, at it like five years down the line you're gonna be really good at whatever you do yeah. like no matter if you're starting from blank slate like from scratch right now at this moment you're just like you know i really like to like do arts and crafts yeah like follow that follow do and like you said time evaporates yeah like well presence like, like ha- is like sharpened when you're being creative
1: yeah oh and and what's even better is when you do something that you love and you make money from it hell yeah when you can make a living <laughs> and you can pay your bills you know and 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 do that off of what you love. I mean that this is why, like, you know, my brothers, for instance, I you know, and my I two people I have to mention, you know, Kyle and then my wife. So Kyle, he loves his music. I mean, they are they're great. They definitely I mean, from when they were conceived to this moment in time, they have excelled exponentially. Yep. Um and there's a lot of Flack people, I think, give that, you know, you got to get a job. And he does. They've got jobs. They work in double jobs yeah. to pay their bills and do their rent. But they are so focused on what they want to do, you know. And eventually, one day, like you, they got that five-year goal. They're going to make their living off of their art. Yeah. And, um, you know, I tell this to my wife a lot, to go back to my wife. I mean, my wife is, you know, she's kind of trying to figure things out. I think we all are. But one of the things that we, you know. She loves to dance and she loves to, like, she's so high energy. I mean, you know, I'm always crazy. Yeah. She is so high energy. Crazy in a great way. In a great way. <laughs> but so high energy that she just, and 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 she has so much potential. And I always tell this, you got so much potential. You know, what are you going to, you got to do something with this. And I think it's intimidating for her because she knows this. So she's kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? But I think eventually she's going to find that. You know, and I keep telling her like, if you love to dance, go make a money dancing, yeah, you know, if you love you know talking to people or helping people like you'll find that, just keep searching, just don't give up on the search right, you know, and I think um
0: by like making it a goal to make money off of your craft, I think that is really intimidating for people, especially at the start when you're like i I'm just like getting started, but like, like you said, just go towards it, like follow your." Excitement, and then opportunities are going to start to show yourself or show themselves. Like you'll see the nuance and the niche that isn't being filled, and you'd be like, "Oh, well, I could do that." And then, like, boom, 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 one thing leads to another. Three years later, you're like doing things, making money on it, and there's like steps to it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But it's, I feel like it's very possible.
1: It is. It definitely is.
0: Um, we're getting down to it so I want to get to the big question at the end that we're asking everybody and that is what is your definition of art Mm. that is a loaded
1: question it's super loaded Um, there's so many definitions I think that I could go down but I think the biggest definition and hopefully I want to be a little original with that too um, is it's a language Mm. Um, I think that art ultimately, I mean, you think about the beginning times of what art was, was cave paintings you know and that was a way of people's creativity was documenting what's going on, so it was a language in a way, it was a written thing, whether it's symbols or whatever else it is Um, and I think even today it still is I mean, you walk into galleries and there's a message, you know, there's a conversation that you personally may be having with that art piece. Or even for me, you know, it's building an environment to facilitate language, facilitate conversation, um, tell a story. We do that a lot in our design is what is the narrative? Yeah. You know, and I think that ultimately, you know, the definition of art is a language. It's a communication.
0: I love that. I feel like um, part of that is that, like we are finite beings.
1: Yeah.
0: Like we will, we were born and we will all die, and we're here for who knows how long, and maybe we'll come back, maybe we won't, and while we're here, like we're all just like, talking to each other and trying to, like, send out transmissions into the universe and be like, is anyone out there? Mm -hmm. Like, does anyone connect with what I'm feeling right now? Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm seeing and thinking and feeling like, is anyone else getting this? Mm -hmm. You know, like, we're all like, almost as if we're all, like, these beings that are flying through space in our own little rocket ship and we're like "Is (laughs) is anyone out there? Yeah. And then someone's we send out a transmission and then someone else gets it and they're yeah. like yeah, I'm actually here too and I'm seeing the same thing
1: like or it could be also it's a history thing it's a it's a message it, it, like like leaving a mark yep you know
0: yep I am here
1: I, I was here.
0: Yes, I was here I exist yeah. Yeah. I existed yeah. in this moment
1: yeah or we did yeah you know I mean it's a it's a definition of 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 culture of times. You know, periods of, of history, it's a definition of what's to come. If, you know, we do a lot of practice of where do you, you know, the future design, right? Imagine what's going to be in the future. And so when we do that, it's like it's also a, a time capsule of what did people think was the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, Corey, we could
1: talk I for know. like four
0: hours. We're, we're probably <laughs> going to end this and end
1: up going and talking more. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to
0: do that. Um <clears throat> there's that little bit of cold that's still in my throat but <clears> throat> this is the part of the podcast where i acknowledge my guests yeah, right. you know why are you here why did i have you here um and you're just fucking awesome thanks man. you know like i've always just loved you we are brothers uh, from different mothers through. like we've always connected on that level and uh just you've got this like fire and fight in you that is just so so awesome and and you take it in all your directions and you put it into your life you infuse it into everything you do and you you live powerfully you love fiercely and it's awesome
1: thank you thank you I I definitely have you know appreciate being your friend appreciate being you know your brother really I Met only a handful of people in my life, and and you're definitely one of them that I have just, you know, held that awe and just, uh, you know, always forever for that. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be a good life we got heading up. Damn right, damn right. You know? <laughs> um,
0: uh, where can where can people follow you? Well, I don't How have any. You can you?
1: you know I'm not a whole lot onto the social media. Bit I you can email me um, c dot designs at gmail.com um, If anybody out there ever has any questions about anything we talk about, like you know, if you want to talk to me about cancer too, I'm always an open book. Taylor knows I'm. I will talk to you until I'm out of breath about you know anything. If any of you out there have any struggles with that, I'd be happy to discuss. Um, you can call uh, you know email me. You can reach me at Instagram um uh WaveTunes One. Um yeah. That's probably about it all for me. Sweet. I'm not I'm not into the whole. I just don't follow a lot of this. Yeah, that's but all right. Email's good. Hit me up if you have any questions. Love to chat. Is there anything else you wanna say? Just be good to everybody. Love and be creative. Listen to Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: these podcasts are awesome! Listen to me interviewing awesome people about art, life, and philosophy. Yeah. This is this is a blast. I'm having a really good time with this. It's fun and it's cool because I feel like from um, the old format was like a question and answer, but now this is like this is like an a live experiment, which uh, is I, so much more fun. Like I, I, it feels so much yeah. more vibrant to me, and uh, and like there's it's just unique originality coming out like there's no need to like prompt it it just happens like this was this was great yeah definitely i think we might have uh, I, I think i think the formula has been found
1: i think it has been <laughs> it has been let's keep let's keep it going oh yes it will well, all right well,
0: thank you taylor yeah thanks everybody for listening thank you guys cheers cheers So that, my friends, was Corey Cameron, the one and only landscape architect, painter, surfer, brother, friend. Um, This was an awesome podcast episode. I really am happy with the way that things are flowing with everything. Um, The intention is to extract as much goodness out of these conversations as I feel like I get to have, like I'm lucky to have these conversations with humans like Corey, um, you know, and, and I wanna just like showcase that to the world because I feel like I'm surrounded by these like creative, amazing people. And uh, I know that listening in on things like that can be inspiring, it can be um, thought-provoking, like art-provoking, and that's the intention. I feel like this one is, uh, I mean, I'm pumped. I'm inspired. I want to do great things just recording it. So hopefully that transfers over to you. Um, Don't hesitate to reach out to me and like, let me know how this has inspired you, what you're thinking about it. Um, You know, any ideas that come up, things that you do with your inspiration. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. I just changed it to Taylor Gallego's fine art on Instagram. So reach out say what's up tell me you're listening and uh yeah don't hesitate to reach out to Corey. you know he mentioned send him an email dm him on instagram if you have anything that you're going through if you have uh any struggles any questions any ideas um cory's a great listener and he's always got a lot of good sound advice um from a good perspective so uh do that say hi I hope that you have a great day and you're doing something awesome and creative. Just know that whatever you're doing and whatever you want to do, when there's a will, there's a way. Go after it. Don't hold back. Um, Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: I appreciate it. Take care.